following sermon was delivered at the 1030 worship service at the United Methodist Church of Kent. Please enjoy. Well, it has been said that the first worship service shared by a congregation and a pastor can feel something like a first date. It's been a while for me. Megan and I have been married for 18 years now. And yet, best as I can recall, it does feel a bit like that to me this morning. Or perhaps more precisely, for our United Methodist connection, we might say that this is rather like a blind date, with our bishop playing the role of matchmaker. You've received some information about me, and I've received some information about you, and certainly over the past few months, I have been blessed to meet a few of you, to begin learning some of your history, the ministries, the life together of this church. Already, Megan and I have been blessed immensely by your grace and your generosity and your kindness continuing still this morning. We've been blessed, too, to begin exploring some of the Kent community, our new home, our neighborhood, this region. We've walked through your beautiful downtown area and on a small section of the hike and bike trail that runs through town. We've learned to appreciate your many squirrels already, <laughs> both the actual squirrels as well as the representations of them. We've attended a rubber ducks game in Akron and, and then yesterday's downtown festival here in Kent. And at every step along the way, from our immediate neighbors to the checkout counter at the hardware store, folks have been so warm and welcoming and helpful. We have been overwhelmed by your welcome. But beyond those few things, those first experiences, first encounters, the truth is we really don't know much about each other, you and I. And yet now we, here we are together. Here I am standing before you hoping that by grace, which is after all the only way that it happens, by grace some word from God might slip from my mouth to your ears, wondering what expectations you might have for our time together. And there you are probably doing some wondering too. Wondering if I'll make the time to really get to know you. Wondering if I'll be up to the task of walking with you into the next chapter of this congregation's ongoing story. Perhaps wondering if or in what ways our ministry together will be fruitful and, and whether my perceptions and, and perspectives will align with yours and, and what changes might lie ahead for all of us. So much is unknown right now. We know little about each other's pasts and and none of us really knows fully God's intended future. All we know is the present. All we know is that right now, for whatever reason, our bishop has discerned that we ought to be together for such a time as this. And so it is that we are here. But that's how it works in our United Methodist Connection. Congregations don't choose their pastors and, and pastors don't choose their congregations. We are instead given to each other. We receive each other. Or in the phrasing of today's gospel, we welcome each other. And in so doing, we are assured we welcome Christ. In fact, in the three verses that we read today from the Gospel of Matthew, in just those three verses, Jesus uses the word welcome or receive. It can be translated either way. Six times, six times in three verses pointing us then to the importance of this practice of, of welcoming and receiving for participating with God's grace. We do not choose our neighbors. We do not choose our partners in ministry. 
Instead, we receive each other. We receive our communities as gifts of God's grace. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, Jesus says, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. As we welcome or receive each other, we welcome the very presence, the very person of God. And that's a pretty staggering claim, but it is absolutely essential to Christ's ongoing work in this world. Some version of this staggering claim shows up in each of the four Gospels and then throughout the whole New Testament. In Matthew 18, we are told that whoever welcomes a child welcomes God. In Matthew 25, when we welcome a stranger, we are welcoming God. The Gospel of Luke has Jesus saying that whoever listens to us listens to God. Each of these then is echoed in the Gospel of Mark as well. And then in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us that whoever receives someone he sends receives him. And whoever receives him receives the one who sent him. Over and over again, we find this, this, these variations on this theme. In Hebrews 13, it may be familiar to to you, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have welcomed angels unaware. The bottom line seems to be that inclusion and welcoming and receiving and listening to each other, these practices, they aren't just nice things to do. They aren't extras on top of our other ministries. They are absolutely essential to the work of building beloved community. They are necessary for transforming our perception of strangers and even enemies into neighbors and kin. For that's who they are more truly. Jesus and the earliest church placed a high priority on actively welcoming each other and thereby, thereby welcoming God. In a fractured and anxious and fearful world, of course, none of that comes easily. Far more often we tend to circle the wagons. We tend to pull inward out of some instinct for self-preservation. Even when we set out with all good intentions, we set out to be more welcoming. Perhaps we we craft and and publicize beautiful, powerful welcome statements, yet without careful and, and ongoing attention to that, we can settle for something far less. Our pride and our ego, our fears and our self doubts and And other barriers, too, even just plain old busyness can get in the way and so prevent us from really connecting and really receiving each other, especially those whom we don't yet know or those who stretch us beyond our comfort zones. And so continually, we need God's grace to break us open. We need God's grace to to help us with hospitality, to welcome us, if you will, into a new and more welcoming way of life. Our other reading for today provides a place for us to begin in this or to continue in this work. A way for us to participate with God's grace toward receiving God's presence in each and every other. Genesis 22 is part of the larger story of Sarah and Abraham sketching the establishment of part of God's covenant with us. The verses we read today are the beginning of a story sometimes called the binding of Isaac. It is, to be sure, a difficult and a disturbing story about Abraham perceiving that he needs to somehow kill one of his children in order to prove himself to God. It is obviously a deeply troubling story, and there is a lot that can be unpacked in it. But I'm not going to try to do all of that this morning. Instead, 
Instead, what I want to do this morning is just underline this one piece of this story that relates to the practice of welcoming or receiving. It's this little phrase that's repeated twice by Abraham in today's section. It's three words in most of our English translations. Here I am. In Hebrew, it's just one word, the word hineni. Rabbi Norman Cohen has written extensively and beautifully about the function of this word, hineni, throughout our scriptures, especially in the stories of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, and then throughout the writings of the prophet Isaiah. Hineni, here I am, according to Cohen, signifies this willingness to respond to another person specifically in relationship, to give oneself for another, to make space for another. It is a readiness to act on another's behalf regardless of the cost to oneself. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham gives himself both to God and to Isaac in this way. In verse 1, God calls and Abraham responds, Hineni, here I am, offering himself freely and fully to God's call. And then again with Isaac in verse 7, Isaac calls and Abraham responds the same way, Hineni, here I am. Am. In this unimaginably difficult moment, Abraham offers himself to Isaac and receives Isaac in the very same way that he receives God, humbly and vulnerably and fully. Abraham is present in this moment with Isaac in the same way he's been present with God. And because of that, through that willingness to make space, to receive, to welcome the two of them, Abraham and Isaac, at least in this moment in this terrible story, the two of them are able to walk on together. That's a biblical model of welcome, a model for opening ourselves entirely and receiving each other fully. That's the sort of welcome that Jesus calls each of us to practice. Welcoming that isn't just tolerating Welcoming that isn't a half-hearted greeting or, or meeting folks, but on my own terms. Welcoming that isn't hearing someone speak while already working to prepare my counterpoint. Welcoming instead that is listening and opening and receiving. And while I know that I certainly won't be perfect at it, I want you to know this morning that that is my intent as your pastor. It is my intent to listen to you, and to listen with you. It's why I'm so excited for our neighborhood gatherings that are upcoming, and why I want to encourage you to participate in them. I want to hear you. I need to listen to your story in this congregation's story. I need to receive you, welcome you fully, so that we can listen together to where God is calling us to go and what God is calling us to become in the years to come. I also want to invite you to join me in listening, not only sharing in those neighborhood gatherings, but also listening to each other and listening together to our broader community. You know, when a United Methodist pastor is appointed to a congregation, we are appointed not just to that congregation or to its members, we are appointed to the whole community. And so in the coming months, I'm not just going to be listening to you all, although I want to do that, but I'm also going to be listening to our neighbors as well. In fact, I've been doing that already in the few days that we've been here. 
I have been hearing what folks know about this congregation, asking folks that I meet out in the community, what do you know about the United Methodist Church of Kent? I've been asking them to share with me about their lives in this community, both their challenges and their opportunities. I'm going to be intentional about this ongoing, especially throughout this first year, but beyond that too. Having conversations with folks from our public schools and our public services, from our local businesses and our parks and the university and everywhere that I can, opening myself to learn what's going on locally, what God is up to already in this place, so that I can get involved, get on board with what God is doing. I want to invite you this morning to join me in that ministry of listening. Join me now in a season of curiosity. Even if you aren't as new to town as I am, even if you've lived where you live now for decades, always there is more we can learn from our neighbors that will help us to hear God more clearly and to connect with our neighborhood more completely. So now in this moment, when you and I are just getting to know each other, this is a great opportunity for all of us to relearn our neighborhoods too, to be curious and to ask questions, to listen and to receive. I don't know yet what God has in store for us in the time that we'll be in ministry together, but I know that I'm excited to find out and I hope that you are too. And as we go about that search, this much I know for absolute certain, I know that God has called us to be together, and I know that God hasn't just called us to be together. God is calling us, now and always, to be with our neighbors, to actively receive them, to connect deeply with our community. For it isn't just in welcoming each other, but it's in welcoming all others that we welcome the fullness of Christ. For that, thanks be to God. Amen. Before I offer a prayer for this day, whenever I begin in a new appointment, I find it's a good opportunity for me to reaffirm my commitments, my commitments as a pastor in our United Methodist Church, the commitments I made at my ordination, commitments to live among the community where I'm sent and to share God's word and to minister the sacraments and to sustain by God's grace, the love, order, service, and discipleship of God's people. Those are the commitments I made when I was ordained and I reaffirm those commitments in your presence now today. This is also an opportunity then for you as a congregation to reaffirm your commitments as members of God's church, of the United Methodist Church and of this congregation, the United Methodist Church of Kent. And so I wanna ask you before we pray to recommit to participating in the ministries of this church as you did when you became a member, committing to participating by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. If you will recommit in that way this day, I invite you to just say together, we will. Thanks be to God. And then also as we pray together, I wonder if we might also make one other small but significant covenant to each other this morning, and that is a promise to pray for each other. I promise to you that for however long I happen to be appointed to serve among you as a pastor, I will be praying for you, I will be praying for this congregation, I will be praying for this community of Kent and our region each and every day, and I ask that you do the same. I need your prayers. So please pray for me, please pray for this congregation, and pray for our ministries and our mission together. We need God's guidance as we go. 
We need always to raise our awareness to God's presence and abiding grace. And so it's in that spirit then that I invite us now to be of one heart and mind as we pray for each other and as we pray for our world. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Eternal God, strengthen and sustain us in our ministries together. Give us compassion and courage and wisdom to care for and to challenge one another, that together we may always follow Christ, living together in love and offering freely and fully our gifts in your service. Almighty God, you call us to share your love with the world. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit this day. Equip us with a spirit willing to bear witness to your love throughout our community, both by the profession of our mouths and certainly through the way of our living. Grant us strength and joy to enter into the anxious and suffering places of this world to make alive again the hope which Christ gives. Pour out your grace upon us and upon Lee and Nancy and Faye, the Smithville congregation, and all of the silent intentions that we hold this day in our hearts. Pour out your grace upon Reverend Palmer and his family, Reverend Denton and his family, especially during this period of transition. By your grace, make and remake each of us in the goodness of your image. Make us together, church, holy and whole. And then through us, make and mature disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of this world as we welcome and receive one another in your name, building your beloved community on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of the United Methodist Church of Kent Sermon Podcast. For more information about the church, visit www.kentmethodist.org.